guys, welcome back to Oh My Lid. This is Tanuja. And this is Reza. And today we're going to continue with our last episode's thread and talk more about romance books. And we have a very special guest for you. Yeah. So Ayabazu is coming with us and she is like the queen of romance in publishing. She's the editor of romance. She's the writer of the newsletter of romance books. She's the coolest romance girl. And she's also the one third of main characters podcast. I'm sure you've already heard about her. And she has a newsletter and she has a magazine and she has, I don't know, a secret family, I'm guessing. Soraya does it all. She does it all. I can't wait to speak to her. And she has an exciting list of recommendations for you guys, especially. Yay. And without further ado, here's Soraya. Welcome, Soraya. We're so happy to have you on Oh My Lit. Thank you. We are going to talk all about romance, boyfriends and bad dates. <laughs> Joys. <laughs> it's our favorite subject, like how we humiliate ourselves through love. Isn't it great? <laughs> That's the best part about a podcast, just sharing any like single detail that's like minuscule but so embarrassing it's like the type of stuff that keeps you awake at 3 a.m yeah and now like every person who listens knows about it yeah it happened to me the other day that a friend of mine well an acquaintance of mine told me like oh I didn't know this about you and I was like oh maybe I should think about what I share in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the content for us Yeah, that was me once when I shared on my podcast that I got arrested once and then people were like, what? You never told me that. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't think this one through. (laughs) Receiving an email from HR first thing in the morning being like... (laughs) I'm lucky no one at work listens to it. Yeah, we don't hire convicted criminals. Oh my God. I'm not convicted. I'm not convicted. Okay, listen, the story's on the podcast. Go and listen to it. I never got convicted. I do not have a criminal record (laughs) for my work now. That's what they all say. (laughs) No. No, well, the entire story is on main characters' podcast. So please go listen if you want to know what happened to Soraya. Well, welcome to Oh My Lit. Thank you. I know you're a podcast host, so you know how things go, but I really wanted to start with talking about your projects. You are doing everything. So you're a podcast host, you are an editor, you have your own (laughs) column at the Aurelia magazine, you started your own magazine, and now you started a romance newsletter. (laughs) How are you, how, how many, sorry, do you have extra days that we don't know about? Like, can we opt for extra days in a week? No, I don't. I um, Honestly, it may sound like I've got my life together, but I really don't. It's a lot of late nights and it's a lot of panicking and it's a lot of having to cut projects out, unfortunately, which is why main characters is on an indefinite break. Mm. None of us just, we just don't have the time at the moment. And it's a lot of work, as you guys know. Yeah. The newsletter is, that's just once a month. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do as minimal work as possible. For someone who actually doesn't like working and enjoys doing nothing, I don't know why I do this to myself. it's the passion yeah we love minimum effort high reward so yeah exactly I am absolutely in love with your newsletter and it's also so snappy and so peppy oh thank you um that's the vibe I was going for but yeah minimal effort high reward as you guys said (laughs) and uh, that's how that's how publishing gets you because it's passion it's all because yes you do which is why everyone is always burned out and overworked yeah it's the fifth circle of hell it is it is a circle of hell Rosa. That is very, she keeps saying that a lot it is a circle of hell it is a circle of hell it's a vicious it's a hamster on a wheel we're going to include the link to the newsletter in our description please if you love romance reads go sign up for Soraya's newsletter okay well starting off since it's a valentine's special i wanted to ask you Sarah, what plans do you have for the upcoming big day have you planned anything do you know what we so me and my partner have our birthdays really close to valentine's day so it ends up just being a super expensive month if we do it like celebrate them all individually so instead we just pack it all into one day so we never properly do something on valentine's day yeah. we do like go out for a nice dinner later on nice. or um 
or like go and do something fun but on the day itself usually we like like have a quiet night in like oh that's cute you know date night at home basically I'm trying to think what else we do he'll always get me flowers bless him (laughs) we spoke that men never get flowers and that I will (laughs) I will try to get my man some flowers this year (laughs) that's actually a very good point (laughs) I was going to think maybe I should get him flowers, but that that's not something that brings him joy. So I don't think that's the point. I think I'd do it more for myself so I feel good about myself than actually yeah. bringing yeah. him joy by getting him flowers. But yeah, no, that's the thing. That's the weird thing. A lot of people think I might do something big for Valentine's Day because of how much I love romance. But no, it's uh, it's something we do in late February slash early March instead. And, that's very um, good though. Yeah. So that's what we do. I'm sorry, it's quite anticlimactic, my story. No, not at all. I don't spend Valentine's either so much. In fact, in uni, my ex-boyfriend would put like chocolate bars in my bag because I never celebrated it. So I'd go home, open my bag and find the chocolate bar. Oh, that's really sweet. Probably the sweetest thing that I did on Valentine's Day. That happened to me on Valentine's Day. (laughs) And I'm just saying, if you celebrate Valentine's Day late, you can get all the discounted chocolate. So... Win win. Yes, you are right. <gasps> oh my god, yes, look at that. Smart. Yeah. Smart spending smart. there. <laughs> hey. Very smart. Kim's got me these lovely sunglasses for Valentine's. Um and Ooh, I got him uh, an orange chocolate, like one of them. <laughs> Terry's chocolate orange. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I mean, we we are trying to do our best with our circle. Well, no, as Soraya said, it's whatever brings your partner the joy, right? He's yeah, prepping you for a hot summer girl summer yeah. and you've got him orange chocolate. <laughs> he doesn't buy it for really himself, but he loves it. Yeah. And the height of romance isn't always like grand gestures. It's about like yeah. you and your partner paying attention to each other and totally. like catering to what your partner specifically likes and needs. Like 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 you were saying how you don't like val you don't really do much on Valentine's Day. So your mm-hmm. ex boyfriend used to just put chocolate in your bag. Like that's a very yeah. subtle but very tender and very well thought out way of showing your partner love, even if they don't want to celebrate a day like that. Yeah. 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 What about Galentine's? Do we celebrate Galentine's Day? Um, usually, I think it depends. Do you know what? As I've gotten older, and like everyone knows this, as you get older, like trying to book in a day with all your girls, yes. you have to oh, do it like a month impossible. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll see if we can do that this year. But the last the last really great one I went to was um, they were showing Legally Blonde in the cinema. <gasps> Yes. It was so cute. perfect. It was so cute, and all the all the friends that went together, they got like a cute little gift bag, and you get like um, you get pink prosecco with candy floss in in the cup and stuff like that. They did it all pink themed because you know Elwood's loves pink. Of course, that was one yes. of my favorite Valentine's Day dates ever. It was so cute. No, Legally Blonde is the best movie ever, and the musical yes. is just absolutely incredible. I haven't seen the I musical. Yeah. What? Yeah, neither have I. Oh, it's mad. What? Oh, you can put it on YouTube. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, there is. It's it's on in the West End now, isn't it? <gasps> I didn't know it was in the West End now. I saw it in Reds and Spark last year, and it was absolutely incredible. I had a blast. I do I, really I may go for that one. Yep. Take my girlies and go there. <laughs> yeah, the biggest best Galentines I had was like a obviously a. Limitless brunch, bottomless brunch with yes. everybody gifting each other like secret Santa kind of gifts. And then nice. our hostess Aww. gave us all books and we were just like Very hyping cute. each other up, getting drunk on Prosecco. It was lovely. Oh, I love that. That's very cute. Mm-hmm. That's really cute. Um, Legally Blonde story, actually. The last, okay, way before me and my partner were together, um, the last time a guy broke my heart, I was so upset. I watched Legally Blonde every night before bed for like two months. No! Oh. <laughs> yeah! It was my comfort movie. And there was something about Elle Woods that was specifically so comforting. It was like yeah. your friend um, looking after you. Uh, that's my fa- that's one of my favourite heartbreak stories to tell because it genuinely brought me so much comfort in a time where, you know, the heart of heartbreak is so painful. But yeah, mm-hmm. I love my girl Elle Woods so much. Hey, she like getting into Harvard and saying, what, like it's hard? It's a mood. It's a yes. mood. 
Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Mine was Bridget Jones' Diary. Watch that a lot. Yes. Like an unreasonable amount. But no, I don't... Two months back to back. Yeah, back to back. <laughs> That's dedication. I have Netflix at this time, but I had Legally Blonde specifically on DVD. So I'd like get home from work, have dinner... <laughs> change shower get into bed and then I just put it on in the background while I fell asleep that was your therapy (laughs) that was my therapy yeah yeah and it worked it's cheaper than a psychologist don't knock it until you try it exactly yeah (laughs) okay I want to ask what is your favorite romance read of the year oh that's hard because the year's just started I mean, it doesn't have to be uh, published this year, but yeah. something that you would recommend, your big your big romance read you want to recommend. Um, can I give you a list? Oh, oh yes. my God, yes. I made, I made a list, so I'll give you a list. Okay. What did I really We're going to put up all the links to all the whole list. Okay. I mean, I'll send you the list as well so that you oh, have the names. Oh, you're but, making um... my life so easy. <laughs> no worries at all. So I really loved On Rotation by Sherlene Abuobi. Mm-hmm. Um that's mm-hmm. that's a um, that's a romance set in like a hospital. So um, if people love Grey's Anatomy, I think they'd really love that. It should be out in paperback this year, so um so yeah, I think you should definitely go for that. I also obviously always love anything by Bolu Babalola. Yeah. That one is on my list. I'm listening to Love in Colour on audiobook. Oh my god. Oh, so good. She's just so talented and oh, what the you know hell? When you're always in awe of someone. I'm like so unironically obsessed with her. She's just such a fantastic writer. She you're gonna is love the... Honey and Spice. Oh, I finished Honey and Spice last oh, okay, year. Good. And okay, the good. whole time I was listening to the audiobook, I had like this coy smile on my face to the point yeah. where my boss was like, did you get a text from someone special? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm just listening to this book. It's Malika is making me blush. <laughs> she's she's so good at eliciting like that giddy feeling you get when you're like in your feelings yes. about someone. It's so She's so good at it. Like, you know when you're sometimes reading something and you're like, how the hell do they do that? How the fuck did they write that and like mm-hmm. bring that out of me? That's how I always feel whenever I read her stuff. Um, she's got a really great short story online called Netflix and Chill that I highly recommend as well. Oh, let's see. I did not know yeah. that. I'm going to read that yeah, right after that. this episode. Absolutely. I'm actually, do you know if she's working on a third book or anything? Because I yeah, actually she, want more. She is. She's working on the Honey and Spice sequel, which is a <gasps> reunion <gasps> one years later. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. Oh, I'm so wow. That is going to be bomb. Also reunion. I didn't expect yeah. that would be the sequel, but I'm I'm here for it. It's so good. I can't wait. Oh, she's just got she's just gonna have such an amazing career ahead of her. Yes. That's what that's what always amazes me as well. I'm like, this is two books in. Like as she as she grows like continuously as a writer, it's just gonna get better. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's that's like a you know, an incredible amount of talent. And I think Honey and Spice is already optioned, or did I read something about that? Um maybe. I haven't I I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I will want to see that on the big screen anyway. I think it's a perfect book to be adapted. It really, really is. Okay. Um, I love her. Um, What else? Uh, I recently read a book called Cupid Calling by Viano Oniomo. Um, I saw the cover. It's such a cute cover, isn't it? It's so cute. It's about two guys who go on like a bachelorette type of show and, and instead of falling in love with the bachelorette, they fall in love with each other. Oh, yes, that's so me. <laughs> it's so cute. I really, really love it. And it's just, you know, oh, you know, when something is just like in your chest, I was like, oh, this is really, really sweet. And the characters like are so fantastic. And like the family that's around each character is really, really great as well. She, oh. It's just like really great work. I love it. You know, that's happened on Love Island, right? Do you know are one you of the okay? seasons where, the, yeah, it's happened where these two girls... Well, on Love Island, you're meant to, like, pair up with, like, other, you know, like, it's a very heterosexual yeah. coupling thing. And yeah. then these two girls, I, I don't know if it was season, like, four or five, like, mm-hmm. after the show, they, they basically got together. Oh, did they? I but thought they... I think they had a kiss on screen. They had a kiss during yeah. the filming. And I think they got yeah. together afterwards. But, yeah, there were there were definitely vibes. 
And I was like, I would love that to happen on Love Island where the girls just find each other. Yes. Like, forget the boys. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that as well. I don't know why it don't have anything like that yet. I love all of Sarah Desai's books. Oh my God. I got one of her books from the book quiz we had from Bad Form. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was the second one. It was the second one that I got. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. You can definitely read them in any order, by the way. Yeah. Oh, because I read I read that one first. I won I won the first one as well. Uh, but really those good. are cute covers, and uh, it, again, really good writing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the romance is so good, and um, again, I really like romances that have like nice background family characters. Yeah, and um, all the like female leads have really really great family and um there's like always a sense of togetherness and there's always a heavy yeah support system but it's it also gets that ethnic thing where you know like all your aunties are always so over involved with your life especially your life that's why I really love it it's their job to make everyone else's business their own basically um Mm -hmm. that's what makes it oh my god yes I think my aunties found out found out about my cousin's girlfriend before his mum found out about his girlfriend. <gasps> and I was like, yeah, that's, yes, I can see that. Yep. I totally believe that has happened. Yeah. Always. Someone's always seeing you on the street, even if you don't see them. They're like, oh, this person saw you the other day. I'm like, oh, did they? Oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah, they want to know. They let you know you've been spotted. Like, there's exactly, no filter. Yeah. There's no privacy there. They're like, we are going to let you know we are up in your business. <laughs> they great... do it in pers- in per- on purpose to, like, instill the fear in you. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, they have some ammo, basically, some leverage if they ever want to blackmail you. Oh my god, yes! I mean, that is also Indian aunties to the T. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Arab aunties too. Um, okay, what about romance tropes, Soraya? Do you, like, do you have any favourites? Oh, do you know what? I always love enemies to lovers, man. It's the friction. It's the consistent friction that gets built up and it's... Uh, and not like actual hateful enemies it's like the type of enemies where both your personalities clash and you're not ready you're not yet ready to admit that like they actually would work well together if you cooperate (laughs) and I and I love it like as that tension builds and like in you know in the story sometimes um what happens is is like the plot maneuvers so that they do have to work in tandem together and then they realize what works yeah what works between them and what doesn't and it's mm-hmm. like it's it's the it's the weight in that gets me I guess and always the like fire yeah it's the build-up attention no I that is a classic I'm now I'm now veering towards villain gets the girl yeah I like villain gets the girl as well it's really yeah good. Like they're not meant to be, but it's happening, and I actually don't care about the hero at all. I want the villain to be in the picture. Like, um, what old movie was it that? Uh, do you remember that old kids movie, Sky High? No, no, I don't okay, think that's so that old. It's a kids. It's it's like a kid slash tween movie, and it's about all these kids that are superheroes. And um, wait, do they go to a superhero school? Yeah. Oh what? yeah, I think I've seen it. And the vi- not he's not really a villain. He's just like the underdog bad guy. He's got fire powers. I was like, I want him to get the girl, but he doesn't. The lead guy gets the girl. And I was yeah. like, but h- him getting the girl is so much more satisfying than the boring exactly. superhero guy. Yeah, yeah, so many movies and books I've read, I'm like, I actually want the villain to get it, but that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find some stories where the villain gets the girl. Um, I think I have one called the yeah. Shatter Me series. Oh, yes. With... Oh, my God. Yes. I've read all of those. I love those so much. You've really? read all of them? I've read all of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I need to catch up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so it's like set in a dystopia world, but it's not really the focus. The focus is pretty much the love story. And Tahira, mm-hmm. yeah. Juliet. She's so good at writing romance, man. I've read nearly all of her books. The only one I haven't read is her latest fantasy ones. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I didn't um, know she had one. She has a new fantasy series um, nice. that Ooh. I'm really excited to read. But yeah, I just love the way she writes romance. It's always all-consuming. And in, in the Shatami series, they're, they're originally enemies as well. So I love it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hence... That was my, I was like, yep, I'm going to read all of them. But I, 
I don't think I've like caught up. I I do like flicked around books a lot when I've read one and there's a whole series to go to and I'm like, okay, that's too much of a commitment. I'm going to like sort of come back to it later. It is daunting. Yeah. I read them as they were coming out. So that's why it wasn't as like much effort for me. Yeah. Mm. Um, The romance in these Violet Delights is really good as well. Oh, nice. Um, By Chloe Gong. That's like set in 1920s China. And um, oh, and nice. it's 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 a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. So that, but the backstory to the main story is that they were together and then they broke up, and they're like enemies now. But he's like pathetically down bad for her. That's another trope I love, <laughs> where wow. the guy is so pathetically down bad it's almost <laughs> embarrassing. It's oh. a good trope. I love that trope. That's what <laughs> Anthony Bridgerton gets really well in um, Bridgerton season two. Yes. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. so pathetic when he's around the Kate Sharma, but it's so good. Hopeless. <laughs> yeah, I want I want more pathetic men in romance. Specifically, I mean... specifically, specifically for their love interest. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah, in yeah, general. Yeah. Not in general. They're yeah. really great at everything else, but when it comes to the person they're in love with, they're just Hopeless. Like painfully down bad. <laughs> I do love adoration. I do love like that point of being at your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We'll do anything <laughs> for you. There's like that really great scene in Bridgerton where um, Kate Sharma walks past him and he can like smell her. The he, smelling, like... there's a compilation on TikTok yeah. where he's just smelling her. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And like she walks past him and doesn't look at him and he just stands there on the spot, like taking in that scent and his eyes closed. And it's like so embarrassing for everyone involved. And I was, and but it's so good. <laughs> it's so oh good. My God. It was cringe, but like feel good cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. I I recently read Under the Odala Trees that I don't know if we can consider it uh, a love story, but I think it's like a love and discovery story. It's by uh, Chinelo Ocparanta. I don't know if mm-hmm. it rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's about a lesbian love story, and it like it works through uh, all the discovery of the main character, like being a lesbian and all the discovery of like falling in love with women while at the same time being in Nigeria where like homosexuality is, yeah. let's say, frowned yeah. upon <laughs> or outright illegal. Um, so it it's a, a very cool like backdrop for this book. And I think that it's also very lovely like to see all the loving yourself that she that the main character is doing, being like, oh, no, no. I love that, yeah. Yeah. I love women, like this is who I am. Like, mom, you've read the Bible wrong. Let me show you where it says that I can love women. <laughs> it's very cute. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Also, like when you're discovering your own sexuality and but you also have a partner to like go through with it. I I, I love when mm-hmm. that happens. Oh yeah, in books it's very cute. It's like the the coming of age plus the yeah. yeah love story on it. Yeah, the second coming of age. Second <laughs> coming of age. Yeah, the coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we we're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> we were talking about it earlier that romance is having such a massive boom on TikTok, mm-hmm. and everyone on TikTok is like leading the front. I. Uh, where do you take your recommendations from? Do you have any particular influencers that you follow or someone that you can recommend to our listeners? Do you know what? Not really. Um, occasionally I'll check out book talk stuff, but if I'm honest, some of the books that they recommend are really not good. Yep. <laughs> like, it's, happened it's a mixed like, bag. Yeah, it's happened like... It, like so say for every 10 times I that you like go for a book talk recommendation two of them are like okay <laughs> um so I don't really do book talk romance recommendation but I'm re- but um I'm really glad that like if it's a non-white book it's getting traction um yes that, that, that's what it's I'll say you know that's what I'll say any book that's been bad from from a book talk recommendation has been a white author like it is what it is (laughs) they are it's the white authors that are usually so bad and it's insane because you you go on like amazon and they've got like 15k positive reviews and i'm like yeah what's going on here there's something's going on here yeah Um, nothing nothing (laughs) yeah 
So it's mostly just me spending hours going through like Amazon myself and having mm-hmm. a look. And so Amy May Baxter, who's the editor as well at um, senior editor at Dialogue Books, we yeah. um, we recommend a lot to each other as well. I'd say that she's nice. one of my main plugs. I like it's like an exchange program where I will send her <laughs> lots of recommendations and she'll send me lots of recommendations. Basically, she's coming out with some really good romance books. Like she she's is. editing them. She's on fire she, right now. She's so good with all her picks. Like. Um, she has such great editorial foresight and she has a really like she has a really I don't want to say critical but she has a very like she has a very keen eye for like Mm -hmm. commercial like commercial books as well um Mm -hmm. and of course she's always she like her focus is books by non-white authors so yes how can you not love that we have (laughs) featured so many books from dialogue till now yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah, okay. like I, I don't think any of our lists do not have dialogue books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should get them on next time. <laughs> that would be fun. It would. Yeah. Special. Yeah. I highly okay. recommend it. And because I'm an editor in romance fiction, I follow a lot of like my authors, and a lot of them mm. retweet like um a lot of them retweet other authors who are like sharing their books and stuff like that. So that's what ends up happening. So Cupid Callin, I found and downloaded because I um because she got the author got retweeted onto my timeline. So that's what no. usually happens. It's usually just chance or just spending hours going through Amazon because it's, I do it as well because I'm always looking for authors to add to the Harlequin list. So yeah, so it's part research. And um, yeah. part recommendations and part just chance being stumbled on by um by through like Twitter. Twitter does everything for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no, I have no TikTok influencers. <laughs> yeah, being True. in publishing, I think it's like you are bombarded with so many books on your timeline that y- yeah. you can get. I with romance reads, I have relied heavily on recommendations, and the only reason I listen to Honey and Spice is because. Bolu Babalola commented I was like is the audiobook any good and she was like yeah it is I'm like yes so right yeah. from the source I'm buying it right from the source she confirmed it yeah her narrator is like award she won an award for it or something and she's an actress so I was like I if I'm listening to audiobooks and I do feel like Honey and Spice worked so well with audio uh yeah. because the narrator was so good and I like listening to romance on audio. I just feel like it has like a different feel. My only problem with listening to romance on audio, because I, I listen to like my books while I'm with baby or while I'm working and on spreadsheets or whatever. Yeah. When I get to the smut, the, then I get very nervous and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you suddenly look up and see if somebody's watching you, even though you have your headphones on. <laughs> You're going red. <laughs> They know something's yeah. up. I I am not a very good actress, so <laughs> I, I have to really pick like the romances that I listen to on audiobook. Fair, yeah, fair that, enough, fair enough. I've learned to perfect the art of acting normal because I read it obviously at work. So if I've got it yeah. right there on my screen, I can't let on that I'm reading sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> in an office full of like 200 people (laughs) oh my god oh my god you have to have the poker face on (laughs) yeah exactly speaking of smart and sexy scenes what do you have to say to well I obviously want a recommendation but also what do you have to say to people who think smart reading isn't reading I don't really (laughs) care what they think (laughs) I mean if they if they think it's not reading, like, okay, that's fine. Read a romance that doesn't have it. Like, that's it. Like, there's yeah. not really much to it. Like, that's it. That's it. I like it. I also like romances that don't have smut. Like, they're all good. But why would I say no? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. And um, I think a lot of the times as well, when people say that, it might be because, like, some smut scenes can be cringe or not really well written I understand that and sometimes when you read it like I think again it's easy to gauge when the type of writing doesn't fit a smart scene so like some stories are more on the sweeter end of romance um well actually I take that back because I read a really sweet romance where um this where 
where it was like very tender and very soft and then it had smart scenes and it was it worked really well but I do think it depends on the writer to be honest because there are some yeah. some romance books where I've read it and, and like the smart just didn't feel like it was working in, ter- in, ter- in terms of like the tone of yeah. the book and the type of romance that was developing I think it's easy to gauge when it does and doesn't work and I do that yeah. as an editor at Harlequin as well because like not all not all the romances will have like um sex scenes and again it's really um it's it's personally easy for me to be able to tell when it does and doesn't work um so if somebody thinks it's not working for them then I'm like yeah that's fine just go read a book that doesn't have it but I like it I'll read it yeah yeah I I I would say I would totally agree with that because first of all it is an art to write a good smut scene yeah absolutely yeah it it's difficult and there are cringe scenes that I've read so far and readers will also kind of know when it's not working. Yeah. But I will say, do not give up on smut. There's some really good stuff out there. There is some really good stuff out there. And like you said, it really is. It's a talent in its own because like a good smut scene in a good romance will maintain that sort of romantic connection between the characters. It won't just be about sex itself. It's about like characters connecting on another level. Yes. Um, and I think when people, I think when people don't like it and they think of smart, they think of erotica, which is a completely different genre yeah. to romance with smart. I think that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. And erotica is its own thing. Like, and and again, erotica shouldn't be knocked down either because it does. Like, have you seen the numbers on Amazon? They do really well. Like, self-published Dude. erotica authors are making so much fucking money. So I'm like, so why do you care? Like, obviously, a lot of people are yeah. reading these. Yeah, Kindle Unlimited is full of them. Exactly. Like 90%. Yeah. My partner always tells the story that one of his aunties used to have like these novels, like with the covers, like with the man without a shirt. And for the 90s covers. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. The 90s covers. They were so dramatic, weren't they? They looked like, um, they almost, the type of illustration they were, they almost looked like paintings yes and i love that me too i actually want to buy that as art and hang it up on my walls <laughs> i will i love that and i love the painty look yeah yeah and the maiden with her dress has like um the sleeves falling Half off the open. shoulder yeah. Yeah. yeah the slit oh my god <laughs> and the horse and then there's the yeah. sunset yeah it has to be the whole I thing i love it <laughs> i love it i'd like to bring that back <laughs> yeah oh my god Next time that you see me in video, like this is gonna be like all one of those blown up pieces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, some of the Bills and Boone covers used to be like that actually. Really? Yes. I remember the nurse series. No. The nurse series. <laughs> yeah, that was that had a painted look initially. Now it doesn't, but there, there was like a nurse romance series. I God. love that. I might check that out. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I think it's because my friend's mother is a nurse and she had a few of those books and I was like, yes, this is the audience. I found it. I think they probably just renamed it to the medical series now, which is what yes, something is. like yeah. that. I have no idea what the name of the series is, but yeah. yeah. I love it. Harlequin Medical. Uh, well, let's, let's leave smart to one side. Yeah. <laughs> we can go on talking about that forever. No, it's great. Unless you have like the greatest recommendation of smart, Soraya. I'm trying to think without embarrassing myself. Oh no, no, no! no. Embarrass yourself. That's fine. Um, I um, personally very much liked the smart in dating Doctor Dill by Nisha Sharma. Wow! I think she writes great um, spot scenes. I really want to meet her. Um, so she. <laughs> who else um uh, i think alexis daria's books have great smart scenes as well um she's got oh my god i really loved you had me at Ola, holla oh i'm gonna say that wrong Ola is so good and um and again i'd but- say that's a that's a really good example of how she has the smart scenes infused with the emotional connection of the characters as well oh i just love it i love the cover as well yeah. yeah, it's a gorgeous cover. I'm literally obsessed with those covers. I follow okay, the yeah. artist on Instagram because I'm like, one day if I write Yay. a romance book, I, I want I want the artist to do my cover as well. <laughs> Is this an exclusive? Are you going to write that romance book? Is this what's happening? Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. 
not yet. Well, I saw you were wrapped by Rachel. Rachel Mann. Oh, my, yeah. my, my, my lo- lovely agent. Um, I won't talk about my book too much because I really should finish it first. Mm-hmm. But, um, of course. Mm-hmm. The, first, the first one isn't a romance. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, she's great. She's great. She, she, I was like 22 when I first sent her something to read and she's always been so incredibly Aww. supportive. She, she was like my first cheerleader as, as a writer. She was oh the one God. that told me I should be calling myself a writer. So I'm obsessed with her. She was oh, like, you're, you do write, so you're a writer. I was like, oh, thank you. Yes. And I was yes. like 22 or 23. She was like, Aww. she was amazing. It was always going to be her. It was really always going to be her um I'm yeah I love her so much I'm like so unironically like um obsessed with her <laughs> Such that's, great really agent. that's how you should have an agent writer relationship yeah yes yeah. exactly especially for someone like me who's so like um who's so needy as a like friend <laughs> no. so I'm even worse with like work relationships where someone has to read my work I need them to yeah. like my work um, yeah otherwise, otherwise I think I'm gonna like have a breakdown so <laughs> see that also makes you an author Soraya yeah. oh my God, yeah. <laughs> sending anyone my work like I'm just a big ball of anxiety until I hear back that they like it and then you know I go through that thing where I'm like but do they really like it or are they just saying (laughs) but with Rachel it's her job to make me a better writer so exactly if it's not working she's gonna tell me it's not working but she'll do it in a nice way so I don't like you know fall into a pit of despair and want to yeah myself yeah yeah I feel like your agent should be obsessed with you because they are like your first and biggest fun so they should be obsessed with you they have yeah. to sell you so they have to be like this person's yeah. writing is absolutely incredible and you're gonna adore them as much as I do mm-hmm. and agents really have a special talent because like they see your um manuscript before it's gone through editing so like for people who don't want yeah. publishing um a lot of people always seem really surprised when agents and editors have like a huge hand in how the book goes or how it yeah. like unfolds on the page um it reminds me of when somebody was shocked that an author built a book around tropes that their agent recommended to them uh, uh, nice. so they don't realize how much of a collaborative it's how collaborative it is yeah in the same way that like you know when people see how many writers are on a song it's like yes because it's a team effort like the yeah. book that's first with your agent and the book that gets published has gone through several different eyes and several different notes like it's very much a team effort which I really respect self-published authors because I could never do it (laughs) in first season we interviewed an author who you know the publisher gave her an idea and she built a story around it and that happens as well like mm-hmm. yeah. she is the executor and she is the author and that is her IP but exactly. ideas can come from it is so collaborative and that yeah. book is doing really well yeah. yeah and like I again like IP publishing an editor will think of a whole plot but writing it is a completely different thing so again it's very collaborative when they seek out an author to write the book that they gave them an idea for and again it's still it's still uniquely the writers because only they could have written that yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I'm always fascinated by ghost authors because mm-hmm. who's the authority? Who's like the property of that of that intellectual property? It seems someone else has written it, but someone had the idea and someone had the did the work. Yeah, intellectual property is fascinating. Then <laughs> <laughs> I know it does. It does fascinate me. I've never worked on any like ghost written stuff, so I'm not sure how it would go. But um... there you go. Mm-hmm. But I know the ghostwriter is paid is paid a flat fee, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, and and, and they don't own it at all. But I, no. I I wonder how attached they become because you're ghostwriting. You maybe it's someone's story, maybe it's some other book, and how emotionally attached you become when you write the whole story down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, well. what you're editing right now, Soraya? You have your own authors. Oh, I have a lot of authors. <laughs> 
how's that how does that how's that going because i know i saw some of your pictures on social media when you're editing and you like give them all these gifts and like you're hi- you hype them so much that must be right. such a good experience for them i really love doing that um and also i'm a people pleaser so i like to make sure that there's fun parts included in the editorial process because as a writer i know how daunting it can be and how like soul crushing it might be if you get like um critical feedback that you don't necessarily like so I just always try to make it a fun process and also I edit a lot of books I have 18 authors the Harlequin list publishes 20 25 24 books a month um so it's like a it's a like a lot of editing so um it can be a bit overwhelming and like it's very repetitive because you're consistently in the editorial process with multiple authors so um I like I like making that fun basically because then it's fun for me and it's fun for them yeah yeah and it's also something to look forward to instead of it just being like an editorial letter and a few track notes in the in the manuscript itself so and that is how I react I, I I pick gifts and I pick pictures based on how I'm actually reacting to the moments like it's fun like I'm very lucky that I get to edit romance consistently because it's always going to be fun and I find that I'm never like tired of it if that makes sense like I read romance at work and then I go home and then I read romance for fun and because it's romance I'm never tired of it I feel very very fortunate that's fantastic yeah and working what you love and you won't work a day in your life that's what they say (laughs) publishing could pay better yeah yeah oh my god they could definitely pay better Um, but that's publishing as a whole that's not not necessarily like specific to me I think yeah that's a whole other chat isn't it yeah although I do envy editorial and like editors and agents relationship with authors I feel like with marketing I sometimes don't get that opportunity to sort of work with the author sometimes but now I feel like in my new role I'm I am I do have an author who's so excited to be a part of promotions which rarely happens for me and she's just like let me know what you want and I'll do this and let's do this and I love your ideas and yeah I love the designs you're making and I was like okay yes I'm getting it yeah it doesn't happen often in uh, marketing I do sales so authors like don't even know I exist it's okay (laughs) I really respect people who do sales though because I am so bad with numbers that like (laughs) It gives me it gives me stress just thinking about uh, everything the sales team does. You guys are the ones that are selling it to the retailers. Like that's, that's exactly. a daunting job. That's a daunting yeah. job. That's like the last but the most important step. Like we might do all the work, yeah. but like if they don't have it in the bookshops, what's gonna happen? Yeah, if the retailers don't buy it, then there's nothing. Like you know, it's all for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I finished maternity leave like mid January, so not so long ago, and I am. Um, generally excited uh, about spreadsheets so <laughs> I this is not for everyone but I was like coming back to work being like oh my god I've developed this skill with excel so I'm gonna like implement it here and boop 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 man Rosa tells me some of her work stuff that she's like dealing with and I I genuinely wasn't even aware that such problems could exist I'm just yeah. like wow I would have a panic attack at this point <laughs> Yeah, I would. I, I, I'm happy in editorial where it's insular and I just like, you know, talk to other editors and talk to my authors and that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm happy yeah. to not question anyone else's job and just let them do what they think is best because I don't know. What, I don't know how to do their job. So I'm going to trust whatever they say. But yeah. you've had so many roles in publishing, Soraya. You've been in scouting. You've been in at a literary agency. You've worked mm-hmm. as a bookseller at Waterstones. Yeah. Like, how has it all been? Like, you've ha- you've actually worked a different sort of have different perspectives on the publishing mm-hmm. process. Um, I am a big fan of telling people to job hop in their twenties because mm-hmm. uh, it's exactly what I did. I originally so like. After book selling, I went into an editorial assistant job. And mm-hmm. after that, I went into a bit of freelance writing. Then I went into scouting. Then I went into agents, like literary agency work, as you know. Um, and I ended back in editorial because I realized that's what I love the most. That's what I enjoyed the most. And um, I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the fact that I job hopped. Um because a lot of people go into publishing thinking it's just PR and it's editorial yeah. and that's yeah. like 
Um, not many people realize that there's sales, there's marketing and PR, there's production, there's yeah. um, copy editing and managing editing in like, which, you know, is more mm-hmm. focused on the technical parts and the schedule parts and stuff like that. So, um, so and there's really no way to gauge whether you're going to like it unless you try it. And in yeah. your twenties where all the salaries are the same band anyway, at that point, there's real value in testing it all out and seeing what you like and seeing what you love and it's always it's always significantly easier to like sidestep into a different role in in those periods instead of finding your roots and staying where you are which will work for some people and that's great and they'll know exactly what they want to do and they'll like the fact that where they are is what they enjoy and that's fine but if but I'd say just personally because it worked for me um, if you're ever curious about anything, your uh, your 20s is the best time to try it. That's yeah. my personal opinion. And it definitely, all of it definitely contributed to like how I function as an editor, how like I take, how, so like book selling helps me take in what I think will work commercially, what type of readers it will reach. Because like, you know, I worked in Piccadilly Waterstone, so I came across. Yes, that, you know, the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really big one. So you come across a lot type a lot of type of readers and then I worked in like smaller stores like Crouch End which is very integrated into like the area there and like you know families and stuff like that. Yeah. So families would come in and stuff like that. So you definitely get a better idea of what type of readers are coming in and what they're looking for and how it would be recommended to them and how it would be pitched to them. So it definitely contributes to how you end up pitching a book in acquisitions where you think it would sit specifically on the bookshelf or on the table and Mm -hmm. what type of bookseller would go for this and want to support it and stuff like that yeah and it's similar with scouting where because all the clients were international publishers you again have a wider commercial outlook on stuff what you think would work in France versus what would work in Brazil um because sometimes books won't necessarily work in both and again that depends on genre that depends on the type of authors and um and yeah so it definitely helped there and it helps build connections too because you end up having lots of meetings with different editors and different agents from across the globe not just specific to the UK and then with agency work um Agency work, I'd say, was heavily author-based for me. I think I was, I was always, I was always good at connecting with authors because I because you know they'd come into bookstores and I was an editorial assistant, yeah. so I used to talk to authors a lot. But at the agency, what I really learned to hone was author management, how to manage their emotions, how to manage their expectations. Nice. Yeah, because obviously it can be really nerve-wracking to go on sub basically um how Mm. to answer their questions and to field their questions because if they don't know anything about this industry they're going to be asking you you need to learn how to be a cheerleader for them you need to know how to support them like an agent really can be everything they can be your confidant your therapist they're the ones that fight for you if you're not happy with something like a good agent will be all those things and certainly, as an editor, you are being a cheer- cheerleader to your authors. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially with Harlequin, because because so many of them write so many books a year, it's a very intense relationship because they're constantly in contact with you. It's not necessarily like if you have a year to do a book, they yeah. won't go away for you know six months and write the book, and then they'll get back in contact with you once they've handed it in with author with authors on the Harlequin list. The publishing schedule is a lot smaller so it's Mm. consistent communication basically you have to really be a good communicator you have to know how to keep in contact in a way where the author feels heard and the author feels supported and the author feels like you you equally believe in this book and know what's best for it without eradicating the author's voice in it essentially Mm -hmm. yeah that's incredible. Uh, you're so prolific and you're incredible. I was wondering, like, what's in the works? What are your new projects? What do you have in hand? <laughs> oh, God. I'll feel bad if I pick just a few things from my authors. Let me try to pick. We have, like, quite a new historical author called Paulia Belgado. So she's got one book out already and her second one is due out over the next couple of months. She's a great Victorian historical author and she writes great stuff, by the way, guys. Oh, all right. (laughs) What we like to hear. 
writes great smut, so I do really recommend her. I will send the list and I will send the title for that. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. So that you can include it because I really, really love it. What else? There's also a new author to the Presents Modern line called Lorraine Hall. She has written a really, really great Anastasia retelling. Wow. Um, wow. It's so much fun. I'm literally obsessed with it. It's called Hired for His Royal Revenge. I'll send that to you guys as well. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. There's another one by an author called Amanda Cinelli. This again presents author that this is royal themed. So I consider it like a Swan Lake slash Princess Diaries 2 retelling. Um, (laughs) I would read that. It's so good. Again, a very great smart author. And the romance is great. That's out later on in the year. Nice. I will see if there's a link for that. I'm not sure if there is a link, but I will see. The author Rachel Dove has a best friends to lovers story coming out that I really, really like. Um, I will send a link for that as well. (laughs) And they become lovers because they accidentally get pregnant, basically. Oh my (laughs) god. They have to to learn to be parents together. It's really, really cute. Oh those are off the top of my head. I was on the spot, so no worries no worries you've given our listeners so many great recommendations i'm sure they're gonna have a feel whale of a time going through each of those books (laughs) yeah we are so grateful for this honestly we couldn't have picked a better guest for this subject oh thank you you're so insightful yeah and knowledgeable like we're in shock thank you stop i'm getting embarrassed (laughs) No, please. Come on. I mean, we've, we've obviously listened to your main characters. I've I've seen you speak in person at conferences and the passion and your love for romance reads and for editorial and authors just really comes through, obviously. Um, and and you're so fun to chat to as well. Oh, yeah. I hope it's we can really I hope we can meet offline sometime and just have yes. a cup of coffee or a drink. That would yes, be amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Thank you for having me on. It's been really fun. Yeah, I'm so glad. I was so glad. And listeners, if you have any questions and if you like this episode, please rate and review so it helps other people know that we exist. Yes, please share. And if you're an editor, publicist, author, whatever, just slide into our DMs. It's always open for you. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that sounded dirtier than you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Always open. Everything's open. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. Until next time. <laughs>